Good day, dear listeners. It's Steve Frieda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And I am more than excited today because I have Greg Cleary, the founder and Yoda of the Pinnacle Business Guides organization and the guide himself. And Greg is also my co-author of our brand new business book called Pinnacle, Five Principles That Take Your Business to the Top of the Mountain. Most gratuitous, I don't know how to say that, welcome to the show, Greg. Great to have you here. Thank you, Steve. It's really good to be here with you as well. It's very exciting. We are launching this book. So when you're listening to this podcast, the book is going to be uh, either imminent or already out. So uh, so we are talking uh, about the Pinnacle uh, Business Guides organization, and we're talking about the book. So, Greg, let's start me with the question. You describe your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get here? How did you end up founding the Pinnacle Business Guides organization? Steve, how long is this podcast? I have a long journey. You can cut out the, the ones that uh, I don't like. So, listen, I started my uh, entrepreneurial career. I went to a Brian Tracy seminar. And Brian Tracy had a program called the Psychology of Selling and Psychology of Achievement back in 1985. So I'm dating myself a little bit, but it just turned on the lights for me. I just had never seen a seminar like that where you could just go and and learn so much about a specific topic. And so I asked him for a job and I uh, became one of his uh, reps uh, actually out selling his training. And I moved up through the ranks, became the national sales manager Peak Performers Network, where we had Harvey uh, McKay, Jim Rohn. I just, I just want to butt in here. I can't resist it. Uh, I love that. And I started my kind of entrepreneurial discovery through Brian Tracy when I was still in Hungary. I bought mm. the CDs, the psychology of selling, the psychology of achievement, all that stuff. So it's, it's like <laughs> amazing in the 90s. So sorry, carry on. Yeah, we've been on the same path, Steve, as you know, until we recently came together a few years ago. So our journeys were similar. And uh, from there, national sales manager, Jim Rohn, Harvey McKay, Tommy Hopkins, create a great network where people would buy a membership and come every month to different speakers. And, and as the business evolved, then they became mega events, right? With lots of people, thousands of people. And then training changed. We went to uh, train the trainer models, right? Where you certified in-house people. That was called Team Track. I co-founded that company with a gentleman, Tom Winninger, and very successful and then 2001, the towers came down and I was like, I have to get off the road. And I hung up my shingle to be a sales coach. So I'd heard about all these trainers. I'd been applying and listening and going to seminars, you know, for a long time, 16 years. And it was just time for me to do my own thing. And so I took a few clients and what I would do is I'd write the sales process. And then I said, listen, I'll go prove it to you. I'll go out and ride with your salespeople. And at any time in the sales presentation, they can just say, hey, Greg, do you have any questions whenever they got in trouble? And so from there, uh, that took me to uh, 2010. And one of my clients said, have you read the book Traction? And I said, no, I haven't. They knew I was a huge reader like you, Steve. Look at all these books behind you. And I read it and I wondered if Floyd Wickman was in any relationship to Gino. And I had worked with Floyd on our lineup at Peak Performers. And so when I called Gino, he said, yes, uh, Floyd's my dad. And I knew all the the tracks, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wichikowski over at Happy Hollow. Are you looking for an ideal home in a quiet neighborhood? Uh, and he just says, man, you really do know my dad's stuff. And so I paid uh, $29.95 and uh, flew over to Detroit and became certified EOS implementer. I happened to get it on the ground floor. I was the eighth certified uh, EOS implementer. 
And I rose through the ranks and in 2019, the fall of 2019, I departed the community as truly the number one uh, EOS implementer with revenue and sessions. And I started Pinnacle Business Guide with a couple of great colleagues that you know, Dwayne Marshall and some of the other great uh, people I had worked with. And we launched officially. So we started quietly in September in the fall of 2019. And on March 4th, 2020, you guys realize this timing is brilliant. March 4th, we thought was a great symbolic time to launch. And uh, March 5th and 6th, a mastermind group uh, went to Dallas to the unconference. And then the following week, we watched the entire country and the world shut down with COVID. That's so nice. it gave us some great time to work on building curriculum and our brand, <laughs> and, uh, the community and learning Zoom, Steve, learning more about Zoom. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. So that was uh, two years ago. Yes. So what have been the challenges? Uh, what are the challenges of building uh, a coaching community uh, of guys? What, what has been some of the challenges? Well, as you know, Steve, there's a lot of really good thinkers and authors and brilliant people out in the marketplace. And I think one of the challenges is just bringing all of it together, curating all the different ideas and concepts and trying to distill it down into like a bite-sized manageable process. I think that's one of the big challenges. You know, you can read a lot of books and, and sometimes the books are 300 pages to get one idea, right? To get a couple ideas out of it or make their point. Yeah. So, so the challenge is to, to, to synthesize. And, and that really segues uh, well to the next question, which I've been thinking about asking you, but I actually never asked you, is you came up with the pinnacle model and the five pinnacle principles of people. Well, actually, I let you tell me what they are. They are actually all behind the wall as well. But yes. I really wonder, how did you uh, hone in on these five? What was your process? How did you f- figure out that these are the most important ones? So a couple of things, you know, when you spend a lot of time with entrepreneurs and that's what I do with my coaching all these years, you would just learn. I became like a great sponge. I would pick up ideas and then cross pollinate along the way. And I remember one of my uh, clients, Steve Gustafson said, Greg, the, the role of a leadership team, they only have two things they need to do. Every day they come to work, sales atrophies down by itself. Sales will, will drop down. And so your role as a leadership team member is to prop up, prop up sales every single day. You got to push that up. And he said, the second thing that happens every single day that you come to work is expenses creep up every day, a little couple of percent more for gas, paper, delivery materials. And so, as you know, the visual, right? Sales coming down, prices going up. And he said, our job as a leadership team is to push down expenses and push up sales. Mm-hmm. And so, so that was something that stuck with me. And so over the, over the years, you would read a book on Jim Collins. You'd see someone talk about people first or who first. And you start to realize that it really business, there's a lot more in common than there is indifferent uh, in terms of similarity. And it does, does come down to four key components, if you like. We call them principles. But it starts with people that, you know, The World is Flat was a great book that came out and it really talked about, you know, really ideas in the East coast and the West coast and around the world, how quickly they're adopted, they move at the speed of business. And if you have a competitive advantage, somebody buys your product, reverse engineers it, and now, you know, starts to drive down the price, right? Re-engineering it. And that one of the last competitive advantages we have is people. 
And so that's why we start with people first. We don't start with anything else. We say, you've got to get the right people on the team. If you tell me who's on your team, I'll tell you how big you're going to play, right? I'll tell you where we're going to go. I'll tell you how big your vision is. So it starts with people, uh, Steve. If I keep going, then the people need to know, right? It's right people in the right seats, but doing, doing it right, doing what's important, making a difference. Today, that's the purpose component, right? The world has changed. Uh, we are looking for just causes. We're looking for rallying cries. We're looking for meaningful work today. You know, the younger people are not going to go work for the factory for 50 years and retire and get a gold watch, right? That's not what they're going to do. They want to make a difference. And they also want to have their own, like they watched how mom and dad and how hard they worked and they don't want that. So they want to do some meaningful work. So that's our purpose components. We said it's, it's the why, right? With kids, why, why, why? We have to explain why. The third is playbooks. So I looked at franchises and, you know, we go all the way back to Michael Gerber, right? The E-Myth in 1977 and the turnkey revolution that happened. And then I realized that the bane of small businesses, they never finally like document or put their thoughts down on paper, right, Steve? So, you know, somebody leaves, all that tribal knowledge goes out the door. I like to say to some of my uh, leadership teams, you know, within 10 miles of my session room, right? There are hundreds, if not thousands of solopreneur practices that have never been able to grow, right? The dentist that couldn't grow, the CPA firm that couldn't grow, the mechanic that couldn't grow, yet other companies, right? There's whole franchises, right? Around discount tires or dental groups, and they figured out how to scale their businesses. So you need to get, get your ideas down so they're repeatable. The clients have a repeatable experience. It's not dependent upon oh, I need to have Joey come fix my computer. And then, of course, once you get the playbooks, then it's how, how do we perform, right? It's simpler, better, faster, like, like chasing the waste out, right? Having people rise. We often say the A players are free, right? And other, or even retail stores have come to realize that, right? The A players are free. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, you know, really took that high level view, like, if I was to simplify, what is it that leadership team, right? Just like they had to push up expenses and drive down costs. What, it, what are the components to do that? And the things to do that are the people with a purpose and a playbook and making sure they're performing at a high level. And if you do that, then you do get a spread in the middle. You actually get something that we call profits. And profit is just an indicator of how valuable your work is, how quickly you've, sh you've shared with the marketplace. So, so profit is, is just a measuring stick. How well, uh, you, how differentiated you are in the marketplace, right? And and how how much the the customers value your your product and and how effectively you you serve them. That that is really cool. And um, so, how is Pinnacle different? So, Pinnacle is you know I like to call this management blueprint. You know, scaling up and great game of business and you know the E myth, the US I call them management blueprints. Some people call them business operating systems. So how is it, how is Pinnacle different? Is it just a run of the mill, one more business operating system, or do you see it as a, as a totally different animal? Steve, I really think it's 180 degrees away from everyone else. And why do I say that? One thing I learned in working with all those speakers for all those years, I mean, literally dozens and dozens of the, the best thought leaders in the country, and I realized that they all had great ideas, but no one had the market cornered on all the ideas. No one had like truly 
you know, had the whole thing covered from sales and marketing and finance and ops and culture and team health and, and recruiting, then no one had it all. And so I also realized that every time you talk to an entrepreneur, they'll tell you their business is different. Yes, we're in the HVAC business, but we do commercial or we do this or we do this or, right? And they're, then they're in different territories and geographies, right? An HVAC company in Minnesota with four distinct seasons is very different than a company in Florida, right? Or Arizona or Southern California, where really the air conditioning is on all year and the furnace is off. So the businesses really are different. There's different challenges to all those businesses. And so I think what makes us completely different is rather than focus on this management blueprint and say, there's only one way to build this hotel or restaurant, we literally talk to the client and ask them, what do they want in their home? right? Do you want a two-story, a one-story, a condo? You want a beachfront house? You want a mountain? So by focusing on them and then bringing the same materials, if we're using this management blueprint, bring the same materials, right? You're going to need heating and, and air conditioning and plumbing and, and, and bathrooms and kitchens and bedrooms. You're going to need all those things, but they mean totally different things to totally different people, right? Some people are very simple or modern. Some people are very traditional. And so by us being focused on our client and bringing them structure and discipline, curated tools, in the end, they need to have their very own, you know, business operating or management blueprint. It needs to be customized and personalized for them. So that's why I think truly we're, we're different, where everyone's focused on this is exactly how you do it. This is the recipe where I think we are taking a, a different approach saying, we're going to meet you where you're at, where you are. And if you've got a young team of 25-year-olds, you can sprint up that mountain. And if you have a very complex business with five locations and 200 employees and you've been around a long time, it's going to be harder to bring that team, right? Because people have their biases. They, it's always the way we've done it. Like they have other things that they're going to have to overcome. So that's, I think, Steve, how we're different. Yeah, I, I love that, uh, that metaphor of meeting clients where they are. Because really, uh, everyone has a unique journey, and what you don't need to regurgitate other people's journeys just to have a complete process to tick all the boxes. What we need is someone come to us and identify the low-hanging fruits that we can harvest immediately, and go to that and uh, use the leverage from that, whether it's cash flow or whether it's fixing our culture or whether it's figuring out where we're going or creating a cadence of execution, whatever it is. And that will give us the boost so that we can go to the next one and the next one and we'll keep moving up the mountain, mountain that way. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, is you talk about the 100% solution. So what do you mean by uh, Pinnacle being the 100% solution? So what we found, you know, if you look at many companies or, or, or think of, a, of an operating system for a company like an ERP, Many people buy an ERP and then they have to bolt on all these other software programs. I need Outlook for email. I need this. I need accounting. I need finance. They need all these different things and they have to hire all these different consultants and they're trying to get them all to work and, and there's no standards for them to plug into each other and so on. And so it makes it a painful journey. And so most of the programs out there are not holistic. They truly have come up with their lanes and they're going to stay in their lane. Uh, hey, we help you with sales. We help you with finance. We help you with inventory and warehouse uh, logistics. And I, and I thought, you know, they shouldn't have to go find all those places. There could be a place where, 
you know, great minds come and focus on being a hundred percent solution. And what I mean by that is if you're going to go climb a mountain, you don't want somebody, you know, you want somebody to help you get all the way up and all the way down. 50% of the accidents on mountains, 50% of the people die on Everest on the way down. And so you want a hundred percent solution. We wanted it to be around sales and marketing and finance and ops and culture and cash and hiring and team health. We wanted to think about all the challenges our entrepreneurs were facing and saying, listen, could we provide or find or recommend a tool or a resource for that? And Steve, while we might not have them all, you know, hundred percent is a very high bar, what we have done is we've also identified where we have some gaps and we've chose, chosen some partners, right? And said, hey, you need help with process, process optimizers, great. You need some help with a virtual assistant, we have a great partner. You need some help with hiring, we, you know, we recommend you work with VisionSpark. So we filled in any of the blind spots and the weak areas with some very strong partners to be that 100% solution for our clients. So they don't have to go out and find it on their own. We vetted it and tested it. And we have leverage uh, with those vendors and partners. Yeah, that, that is definitely true. And I'd like to uh, go back to this idea of customization because I think it's really, really important. And, and one of the things that stuck mm-hmm. with me when you first talk about uh, the Pinnacle and what your vision was with Pinnacle was this idea of, yes, you need tools, but it's not about the tools. So what do you mean by you need tools and it's not about the tools at the same time? <laughs> so when we have a tool, like the idea of the tool is to have an aha effect with the leadership team. So when you show them a tool, for example, and say, here, there's this good, better, best pricing. And rather than have people shop around and get two or three other quotes, you could actually provide them three different levels of service. Or we teach you a, a, a tool around pricing. And we say, you know what, if you actually had a 6% price increase, could afford to lose 10% of your people, clients, and you'd still actually make more money on the bottom line. And so the, the tool is just designed to like, like change the paradigm, to get you to think differently. When we come in and say, uh, do a tool like level up and say, who on your team is underperforming? And if they walked in tomorrow and quit, how would you feel? And when you say, man, we've got 12 people and eight of them, I'd be okay if they left. Actually, I'd be happy if a couple of them left. That tool just turned on the lights. And so it made a big difference. It wasn't the tool that's going to make all that change. It's you coming to the realization. I have eight people on the team. And if I could just level them up a little bit, think of the payroll and the expense there. If you can make them 20% more efficient in the next quarter, what, what the ROI would be. So it's not so much the tool. The tool just really like shed some light. You know, it's like you, you got a flashlight in the dark. You turn on the lights and you, you've got the flashlight to see where you're going. It wasn't so much the flashlight. It was just now I could see where I'm going. So, so, the, so the tools are important, but they're just tools. They're just tools. There's nothing, you know, truly magical about them. There's just different tools for different situations. Yeah. So it's not about the tools. Uh, uh, what I like about it is, is Pinnacle is not about the tools. We are not obsessed with tools per se. We are obsessed with the idea of simplifying concepts. And yes, we use tools to convey them, but it's all about how you curate. I like to use this, you use the word curate the tools because it's not a, a, la- a lack of information. Your information is all the information that are out there. You know, maybe you have to pay 15 bucks for it, but it, it's there basically virtually free. Uh-huh. 
but you need to curate this because there's so much noise, you need to cut through the noise and get to the get the information in digestible form to people so that they can use it in their business. They're not in the business of absorbing and synthesizing information. They're in the business of running their own company and they just need the guidance to, to implement. So one of the things that- What I want to say is yes. we're not obsessed about the tools, but we're obsessed with helping companies grow. And we think they we think every company can grow if they get focused, get in alignment with the team, right? Get the vision down, 1% vision, 99% alignment. If we can this truly stay focused, right? Follow one course until successful. And the tool is important, but it's not everything. Again, you know, just think of, I use a lot of different analogies. One of the analogies I use, you know, go, go get a high performance uh, sports car. You're not choosing the airbags and the braking system, right? It's all coming together and really smart people chose which braking system, which airbag system, what engine, what tires. I mean, they thought through the entire system, right? Like it, truly it's an operating system for the car and you didn't get to choose that. But in the end, that whole combination is around performance or luxury or, or whatever it is you're trying to achieve uh, with that. So, so the tools are important, but they're not everything. They're not everything. They have to be, to be built together to give you that luxury car or fast yes, car. They, or, have to, they have to come together. Cost-efficient car, whatever you're looking for. Listen, look at the world. We are all looking for personalization. You know, mass customization is a term, right? Where, where even though they sell those cars, people still will go in and get in line. And we're going to pick different colors and a different combination of everything. I love the, uh, the, the example of the Starbucks, how many millions of combinations of a drink there is, right, for them. And yet they sell, you know, lattes. Well, a latte, soy, one pump, single, extra hot, two scoop, no foam, <laughs> like, right? All that combination uh, of it makes it personalized and customized. And who's to say who's latte is better than the others, except for it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? If you're willing to pay $5.75 for a latte, I'll make it how you like. That's right. Yeah, I wish it was only $5.75. I think it's now $7.57, <laughs> something like that. So, so talking about customization, what I really love is that we don't just customize the approach, but we also create a customized business operating system for every client. So how does that work? Can you explain how do we kind of brand it for the client and customize it? How, how does it, it look like so that they can own their own business operating system? So Steve, it has to be very relevant to their people. Like it needs to be sticky. So we don't introduce a lot of acronyms in our system, Pinnacle, right? We don't throw uh, lots of these three-letter acronyms at people. In the end, we say, listen, you're going to have a daily stand-up. Give it a fun name, right? Is it the spit it out meeting? Is it the quick connect meeting? Is it the daily press release? Like, is it GSD? Is it the all hands? Like, what is a fun name for your 831 Express? Like, what's a fun name for your daily stand-up that's meaningful to you? Then name your weekly tactical. Give that a fun name as well, right? So my fluid power connection company has the quick connect, and then they have the leak detection for the weekly. It fits exactly in their wheelhouse, those names. And so making it you know, customizable and personable to them is going to make it far stickier than if we called it you know, the AGP or the BBC or the you know, we gave it an acronym. So I think it's very important for them to name all the different components because in the end, it's, it's their journey. 20 years from now, 15, 20, 25 years, 
right? Director, hey, your system is perfectly designed to give the results you're getting. So the systems are evolving. And so why not have it be your business operating system? And it's all made up. If I walked in and looked at it, it would all be your logos, your names, your terminology. I mean, it just fit very well with your culture, right? Is your culture fun or is your culture very intense and serious or innovative? Just make it look like yours. And I think that's a big part of, you know, where management blueprints and operating systems, I think that's where they're going to go. They're going to go where people are going to say, hey, I'm going to take those components and this is what it's going to look like for us. Okay, that's, that's really cool. So as we were writing this book, we had a lot, lots of discussions where we basically were kind of grappling with, okay, how to approach certain things. And one of the things that you convinced me to, to do in the, in the book is to simplify the process of setting rocks. So some of those other systems, you know, most, most people on the school will be familiar with quarterly objectives, quarterly uh, rocks, uh, goals that uh, most of these operating systems talk about. Um, but some systems say that you have top-down company rocks and then you have bottom-off personal rocks, um, you know, aspirational rocks, committed rocks, all that stuff. So <laughs> and you can synthesize, simplify it down for me and you convince me that you don't need all these different types of rocks, just have one type of rock. So tell us a little bit about why do you believe that and how it works? Well, people are exhausted. This COVID's worn people out. This work-life integration's forever changed. And so if, if the reason you're going to come to your next meeting and just get more rocks and rocks and rocks, pretty soon you feel like you're in a quarry, right? Where you have nothing but rocks around you. So I think rocks have really changed. Covey put it on the map, right? With seven habits, highly effective people, and where he talked about the glass jars that went around the company, country. Smart rocks, everyone listening to your, to your podcast, unless they've been living in the cave, has heard the term smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Well, uh, as you and I both know, MIT came out in the fall of 2018 and said smart, uh, fast beats smart, and they came up with a new acronym for rocks. Fast being frequently reviewed, ambitious, so no sandbagging, like really stretch, uh, specific, no change there, and then transparent. Love that transparency, by the way, because we would have clients working against each other, right? Somebody's trying to reduce inventory in the warehouse, and then the sales manager is trying to reduce, you know, increase fulfillment rates, and they were just working against uh, each other. So our approach is very different. We, we literally say you can grow as fast as you want to grow. So let's set your revenue goals and your, and your profit goals. And then we have a very like great conversation with them. Okay, so you want to grow 20% this year. By what means? By what means? It's no different, Steve, than if you said, hey, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, but you weren't going to do anything different. You're not going to lose 20 pounds. But if you said, hey, I'm going to start counting calories. I'm going to start sleeping. I'm going to get an exercise physiologist. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to ride my bike to work. And if none of that works out, I'm going to wire my jaw shut and drink, eat everything through straw. I'm pretty sure you're going to lose your 20 pounds or you might lose 40 that way if it all had to go through a straw. But by saying by what means, it just focuses the mind to take away all that distraction. And then what we do is we pick some of those you know, we brainstorm with them. We put them into categories. It's around people or sales or marketing or ops or tech or simplification or playbooks. And then we hold, them, hold their feet to the fire. And every quarter, we just chip away at those. And we said, listen, team, just look back. If we did these things in these buckets, 
would we hit our 20% and our revenue? Like, oh my gosh, we would do so much more than that. Okay, then let's do this and stay focused on it. And so the leadership team has three to five, you know, rocks for the quarter. And the leadership team owns all those rocks in terms of even though we have champions and we don't bog them down with a lot of individual rocks because many of these rocks are so like they're big initiatives that sales and marketing and finance, right? In our fast rock planner, we say identify the resources you need. And some of these big initiatives and, and rocks need a lot of different people working on them. So we are from the school, you know, do less and do it better, right? Do less and do it better. Not, we're not here just to check the box, do less and do it better. And then you can actually make more progress, right? In, 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 the, in the direction you're trying to go. So that's our approach, Steve. I think it is different. You know, when we get back then in the quarterly lookout, we just say, okay, team, here's the annual goals. What do we need to do this quarter? What do we need to do this quarter? Then we get in Q3 and Q4. Okay, what do we need to do to finish this off, get over the finish line? And, and they're always pleasantly surprised, right? They're like, wow, look at the progress we're making. And they stayed the course, you know, in terms of where they said they wanted to go at the beginning of the year. And the progress is usually astonishing. And, and I love you mentioned the 20%, because one of the things you talk about in the book is that you can actually 5X your business in five years with five principles. And the way the math work is, if you grow by 20%, which has been pretty much the average growth for most of the guys that we've worked with, 20% growth, top line per annum. So if you keep doing that and you start working on your execution and your playbooks and your differentiation, it's going to be very easy going to be to double your profit margin, your net profit margin. And then you're there at the five times the value of the company, probably more because you get a higher multiple in the meantime. So, and that's a very versatile goal for companies to, to shoot for. Let's 5X this, this business. And, and the, uh, you know, the owners of the company, if they 5X the value of the company, then they can do whatever they like. They can get to their ideal life, whether running a great company or doing something else, selling the business. Uh, that's going to really help help them do that. So, Greg, it's been very uh, exciting to have you, you know, work with you on this book. And here's the book. It's still got a little stripe on this. But by the time you watch this, this episode, it's going to be without the stripe because the book will have been launched. And uh, what is your uh, f- like famous final words before we wrap this up? Where can people find uh, out more about the book, the system? What do you suggest, uh, Greg? Well, first of all, if you want to play bigger, you got to come over to Pinnacle and have a look at the Pinnacle. We're going to help you uh, play bigger uh, and truly maximize your business. Pinnaclebusinessguides.com is the uh, domain uh, where you can come. We have lots of guides, colleagues, uh, coast to coast, uh, other countries, as you know, Steve, right? That they can find someone that they could talk to and have a conversation with. We'd be happy to come out and we call it audition. Come out, meet with your leadership team, spend an hour and a half with them, audition, see if our chemistry and our approach would be a great uh, fit with them. And we would welcome those conversations, those uh, introductions to earn the right uh, to be your business guide. And in the meantime, uh, don't forget to go to Amazon and buy the book. The Kindle will start at discounted price of five bucks. So if you can't afford that, then don't bother. Otherwise, you can get the book. Uh, we are coming out with an audio book as well. We did a couple of weeks. So check it out for yourself. And if you find it interesting, then go to Pinnacle Business Guides and check out 
uh, who is the guy near to you the, or the one that you like the profile of and just have a conversation and, and let's go from there. So Greg, thank you for coming on the show. Great to, it's, it's been a great adventure uh, yes. book together and uh, promoting it together is going to be a great adventure too. And for those of you, for those of you listeners who have enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review and to come back next Monday uh, or Tuesday morning because I'm going to bring another exciting entrepreneur onto the show. Have a great week and thanks Greg for, for coming.